In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So in every service, as you know, we share the peace with one another. And you notice our language here. We don't just share peace, we share the peace. That is an intentional exchange of peace. You may know, or may not, but before the 1960s or so, the peace was simply said between the pastor and the congregation before communion. It was adapted in the 60s and 70s, however, to give space for people in the congregation to share the peace with one another individually. And so there are many interpretations about what the peace means and why we have it in the service. Some of you might even remember that some of the old saints were angry when the peace started to be exchanged in the congregation through shaking hands. They felt it turned the peace into a meet and greet time, time to be social. I've even heard the story here that one dear Christian refused to participate in the exchange of the peace when it was changed, saying, why would I shake hands with these people? I don't even like these people. <laughs> and the irony in that statement is classic, but there's a much bigger point to the criticism worth considering. What is this exchange of peace all about? And so I look to Martin Luther, who I think offers the best explanation and he writes, the peace is the voice of the gospel announcing the forgiveness of sins, especially as it is the preparation before communion for the Lord's table. Right? The peace is the voice of the gospel announcing the forgiveness of sins. The peace, when we exchange it, is the opportunity to announce the absolution, the forgiveness of sins with one another. It's the opportunity to hear from the words of our neighbors and fellow Christians that God forgives us, and that whether we feel it or not, we have peace with God. We hear this absolution, this proclamation of forgiveness, five different times in our service. We should hear it in the confession as we begin the service. We should hear it at some point in the sermon. We hear it in the peace that we exchange with one another. We hear it at communion itself, and then we hear it at the final blessing, the benediction. At each of these points in the service, you are hearing words of peace. That is, that God forgives you, and that by his word, he is restoring you to himself. These are all proclamations of forgiveness. And these proclamations, these announcements, are all rooted right here in John chapter 20. They are rooted in our participation in the blessings of the risen Christ. When we share the peace, when we exchange the peace, we are participating in what it is that God has given the church to do, forgive sins. Our gospel reading begins on the first night of Easter. All of the disciples except Thomas are in hiding. They have locked themselves up in fear. First, they are afraid that those who arrested Jesus and killed him might also now be coming for them. But there is also a part of them, no doubt, that is afraid of Jesus. They know by this time that the tomb is empty, and surely they have been talking about Jesus' words when he said that he would be raised on the third day. And they have to wonder, if it's true, if Jesus is raised, what does that mean for them? What does it mean for the men who ran away from Jesus as he was betrayed? These disciples, before the crucifixion, showed all the bravado. They played the part of the tough guy. 
They said they were ready to be martyrs for Jesus, who they believed to be the Messiah. But as we know, when the moment came, they ran. And now, if Jesus has been raised, what will he have to say to them? Will he condemn them? Will he judge them for their sins? Will he shame them and disown them? How can they face Jesus now? And so being afraid, they lock themselves in a room and hide. The risen Christ, however, cannot be locked out. He comes to them, and in our text, we are given three examples where he has one single message for them. That is, peace be with you. And you can translate the Greek of peace be with you a little differently. It can be peace with you, but also peace to you, or peace be in you. The idea here is not that Jesus is just greeting them by saying peace. He's not just saying, hi, what's up, greetings. But Jesus is announcing something to them. He's making a proclamation. He is telling the disciples that the time to be afraid is over. They are forgiven. They have peace. It's not just that Christ is not mad at them, but that they are entirely forgiven. They are made new and are no longer guilty of their sins. In fact, we see this being made new right here in John 20. Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit into them. You'll remember in Genesis, God gives Adam life by breathing into him. He gave Adam the Holy Spirit who brought life and faith to the body which was formed from the dirt of the earth. And in his sin, Adam loses that life and that faith. He lost the spirit that was given to him. But now Jesus recreates his disciples and once again gives them that spirit of life. And he says, you are at peace with God. You are entirely forgiven. You are made new. The old Adam, the old sinner is gone. He was crucified with Christ and now we are made new. This is what peace is. Peace is the reality of that new relationship. The old conflict, the old disruptions are gone, and what remains is life, health, friendship, understanding, trust, and faith. Jesus proclaims there is peace in his disciples. They are at this point given hearts of faith, hearts to believe, new hearts, forgiven hearts, and in giving them these new hearts, Jesus tells them, that they have the great privilege of sharing this peace with the world. Verse 23 reads, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. Again, the translation here isn't my favorite, because the Greek rightly reads, as the King James has it, Whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Whosoever is the way to read this verse. Because that's what Jesus is sending his apostles out to do. They are to go out and to announce the new creation. They're, go, they're to go out and to announce the blessings and benefits of the resurrection. And these blessings and these benefits start at the forgiveness of sins. Because being forgiven means you are made new. You are a new creation. There is an abundance of forgiveness in the risen Christ. The forgiveness is overflowing. And so what we get to do as the church is to participate in that forgiveness. Not only do we get to receive the benefits of the resurrection, we get to announce these benefits to others. Not just in a witnessing kind of way where we're trying to convince people of something. When we exchange the peace in our service, we're not just saying, hey, remember you have peace. 
we're powerfully announcing the forgiveness of God to our brothers and sisters. We are telling them that they are a new creation. Dietrich Bonhoeffer captures this perfect, perfectly in his little book, Life Together, where he writes, the Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's words to him. He needs him again and again when he becomes uncertain and discouraged, for by himself he cannot help himself without belying the truth. He needs his brother as a bearer and proclaimer of the divine word of salvation. He needs his brother solely because of Jesus Christ. The Christ in his own heart is weaker than the Christ in the word of his brother. His own heart is uncertain. His brother's is sure. You know that we so often lock ourselves away. We don't always want to go to church. We don't always want to be around others. We get tired. We get discouraged. We might be hurting. We're stuck in some sin that brings us shame. We might be emotionally, physically exhausted. We might even just be bored and feeling apathetic with it all. There are any number of reasons we might lock ourselves away and try to hide from the risen Christ. But the risen Christ cannot be stopped. You can't lock yourself away from him. Whether you are ready, whether you are prepared, Christ is coming to you and he is saying to you, you are forgiven. He says you are new. He says you have peace. And how does he do it? He does it through your brothers and sisters in Christ. Whether that's the pastor who does it on the authority of his call, or the person next to you in the pew, or a Christian friend, Christ wants you to hear that you are at peace with God. In the Catechism, Luther teaches that in the church, God daily and richly forgives our sins. Well, this is how he does it. Through the words of others who say to us, peace. And he says it over and over and over and over again and again. It's the one word he wants you to hear and to know and to take to heart. Peace. And so I say to you, in the name of the risen Christ, you are indeed forgiven. You have peace with God. Take that word to heart. You have peace. Amen.